0: السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن وله أما بعد قال رب شح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقتة باللساني يفقه قولي اللهم زدنا علما الحديث ثالث والعشرون عن أبي مالك الحارث بن عاصم الأشاري قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الطهور شطر الإيمان والحمد لله تملأ الميزان وسبحان الله والحمد لله تملأني أو تملأ ما بين السماء والأرض والصلاة النور والصدقة برهان والصبر الضياء والقرآن حجة لك أو عليك kulun nasi yahtu فَبَائِعُ نَفْسَهُ nafsuhu fa mu'tiquha aw mu'biquha rawahu muslim um the message, so this hadith number 23 on the authority of Abu Malik Al Harith ibn Asim Al Ash'ari may Allah be pleased with him he said that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that purity is half of iman. at tuhuru shatru iman And he says, alhamdulillah, yani praise be to Allah, fills the scales. Wa subhanallah, right, meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free from all in. Perfections. Right? Explain this a bit later. And Alhamdulillah again praise be to Allah. They fill that which is between the summer and the earth. They fill that which is between the heavens and the earth. And Salah is a light. Right? Salah to Nur. And charity is Burhan. Charity is Yani like a proof. Was saburu diya'un. And sabr is a illumination. And the Quran is a proof for you or against you. And every person he starts the day as a vendor of his own soul, either freeing it or causing it to be. Ruined. Right. So let us go into this hadith and let us look at this explanation of the hadith. At Tuhur. Right. So the word tuhur, you get the word tuhur and you get the word tahur. Right. So the ulama they explain that the word in this hadith is because had it been tahur, then the word tahur it means the object that is which means here yeah, it will mean the water of wudu right this is the difference so for example the prophet وسلم, when it comes to right and you see the dates when it comes to the month of Ramadan what does he say he says suhur So when it's with a fatha, or sahharu, it means to eat the food of the suhur. Like the hadith of Uthman where he explains how to make wudu. So he tells his slave, his helper, to bring him wadhu. And that is water. Mm. So with the fatha, it is the either the thing that you are eating for suhoor, or it is the water that you are making wudu. When it becomes tu with a the dhamma, then it is that action that is taking place, like wudu, like suhoor, and tuhoor. So here the word tuhoor, it comes in two meanings. Number one, ma'na weyan. Which means to purify yourself, your inner self from shirk. Or from dhunub, from sins. From ma'asi. Right? Again, from doing evil actions. So, this is what the one meaning of the word at-tuhur shatrul iman. That tuhur is half of your iman. And this means to purify yourself from all evil actions. And then the second meaning is that Yani with wudu for salah. So atur شَطْرُ Iman, that purity is off of your iman. And here if it means it comes in the meaning of wudu then they say that your wudu is half of your Salah, as you will see a bit later. And how do we come to this? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, li كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُضِيعَ manakum." That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will neither make your faith to be lost right you will never make that your iman is lost and here what is meant by iman right is salah right so and where does this ayah come this ayah comes the start of the second nas, and it has to do with what the changing of the qibla so some of the companions they asked the prophet sallallahu but now what about those people Right? so Okay, so we change from Baitul Maqdis, we face Makkah. But now what about those people that came before us? What will happen to their salah? So he says, imanakum. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to make that their iman. Referring to that their salah is at a loss. They will still get rewarded for that. So the word tuur min al-iman, two meanings. Number one, it can mean the inner meaning, which is to eradicate oneself from shirk, or from sin, or from ma'asi, all wrongdoings. The second meaning is that it comes in the meaning of wudu. And cleanliness or wudu is also half of your iman, and here in this case, it is half of your salah. As we will see a bit later. The Prophet وسلم, he mentions and he says to us, لا تقبل بغير طهوري. that your Salah will not be accepted except that you must have wudu. So here we can see now, no wudu, no Salah. وَلَا صَدَقَةٌ مِنْ غُلُولِ And there is no sadaqah yani with unfaithful dealings or with wrongful dealings. Right? Someone can't come. He want to deal in riba, for example. But he want to give sadaqah. Right? Or he's, for example, busy, he's gambling, playing the slot machines. So he won a million rand. That will my sit Right? He wants to build a mosque. That doesn't make sense. Right? So you cannot be giving your sadaqah expecting that Allah rewards you. But you were dealing in haram and you had the wrongful wealth and you want to use that. Doesn't make sense. Then the Prophet he says Walhamdulillahi Tamlaul Mizan. وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ تَمْلَآنِ اَوْ تَمْلَأُ مَا بَيْنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ That Alhamdulillah That saying all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala It fills the Mizan And what is the Mizan? هُوَ mizanul الْأَعْمَالِ It is the scales of your actions And Ulama say that we accept this on its literal because there's nothing to indicate to us that it is to be accepted on or to make ta'awil or figurative because this is min umuri gaibia. This is of the matters of the ghaib, the unseen. So if we don't know the matters of the unseen, how can we interpret it to be something else? So we accept it as mizan and this is the scales. And we say that, the kalim, that Alhamdulillah, all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Praise and thanks is due to who? It is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And everything praises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Human beings, the jin, the animals, they remember, they make tasbih of Allah. And how grateful can't we be there to thank Allah? For us sitting here, for us breathing, for us waking up in the morning. What's the first thing we say? Alhamdulillah. <inaudible> right? Alhamdulillahilladhi ahiyana. <inaudible> that all praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That gave us life after. That minor death, yani that sleep. It is a minor death. How many people went to go sleep last night, but they did not wake up this morning? Right? We know our, in our families, how many people went to go sleep, they greeted us, only not to wake up the next morning from that minor sleep. in right? And to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are going to return. But always thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, we live in a time now, right? where things are tough, let's face it. Things are not easy. I mean, for how many months didn't we see each other? Four or five months? We weren't together, we never had classes. Right. So thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for everything. How many people don't leave alone jobs? How many people don't have food to eat anymore? Right? We, you've seen this. People have lost their jobs. People don't have food to eat Let alone luxuries or having a good life. Basic necessities is not there anymore. So, all thanks and praise is due to Allah. And yes, in good times we thank and praise Allah. But when should we really be praising Allah? When we are suffering also. When we are in good times, right? Then we praise Allah. Yes, but not that much, correct, right? Usually when something is good, then we don't tend to remember Allah that much. But as it's verkeerd gaan in die then what did the old people say? That was kopka. Right? But when you were earning that hundreds and thousands of rands, or when you were doing well in school at university, then you didn't thank Allah. La la azidannakum. That if you truly thank Allah, He's going to increase you. But if we don't praise Allah and we don't thank Allah, then know that Allah's punishment is severe. And we're going to touch on this a bit later again. So, He says. Wa aw tamla'u. So, here the narrator is not sure. If it was Tamla'ani, right? Or if it was Tamla'u. And this you will find in certain ahadith that they would say, they would use a word, or he would say, oh. So here, for example, he says, Tamla'ani, oh Tamla'u. So the narrator is not sure, the Sahabi. Did he say this word, or did he say that word? And there's nothing wrong with this, right? It happens to us as well. Sometimes we would utter something correct then we'll say oh I'm not sure if um, Haji Abu Bakr if he told me this or he said that right I'm not too sure but it's one of the two so like this the narrator is not sure if he said tamla'ani or if he said lau," right so he said he's not sure if he says that falls that between the heaven and the earth. And here, what again it means is that your tasbih, you're saying Alhamdulillah, right, you're saying Subhanallah, this falls one's scales between the heavens and the earth. right? And we don't need to obviously go into how right? What is the measurements exactly between the heavens and the earth? We all know that this is a lot. Alhamdulillah. And then the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he says, "Wassalaatun Nur." Now here he says, he says, Nur, Burhan, Wassabrut diya These three sifas, these three descriptions of the salah, of the sadaqah, and of the sabr, all has to do with light. So, noor, is a form of light. And, burhan, is also a form of light. And, diya, is also a, form of light. And, all these things, these actions also, they go hand in hand. Sadaka, I mean, afwan, first your salah, how many, people, how many times in the Quran does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speak about salah and then giving? Right? And sabr. So let's look at the salah part first. That salah is, yani, our salah to nur. That salah is the light for your heart. It is a nur for your heart. And a nur for the face. There's a weak hadith that is mentioned that the say the person that makes tahajjud that makes qiyamul layl you will see an you will see the athar on his face and you know sometimes you you will see someone <laughs> right and you right you, you as a person you can see mashallah from the outer appearances of a person he looks pious Right? Obviously, what he does in secret is between That's between him and Allah. But what we see? So, someone he comes to the Masjid five times a day. Someone is mutadayin, He has a beard, or you know, she's mutahajiba. She wears hijab and that. And you will see they have a special light, right? And let's look at the opposite, right? Sometimes you see people, and I'm not talking about Muslims now. For example, right? A mushrik. For example, a Hindu. Hey, you always hear, like the old people, you should say, yeah. right? They got no, no. I mean, look here, subhanallah. Sometimes you can see someone, like, that they have this athar or shirk on them. They have this resemblance of worshiping other than Allah. You can see it on their face. So here he says that, Salah is a noor for the heart and for your face. And the Prophet also, with regards to wudu, what did he say? He says that if you make Isbahu wudu, then on the day of Qiyamah what's going to happen? You know those horses, where you see the white by the forehead, right? Shining, right? The Prophet says that on the day of Qiyamah, the people that make wudu, all their limbs is going to shine like that of the horse. So again, yani is attached to nur and your salah is also attached to light. to burhan, And here this proves to us that our iman right, of the person that he makes salah and he gives sadaqah that he will it brings light to him the person that gives sadaqah. And you will find that people, yani like the munafiqun, they don't like to give sadaqah. They don't like to spin in the way of Allah subhanahu wa taala, because they are first of all they are miserly. Second of all, they feel that if you give sadaqah, what happens? Right? If I give you hundred, then what happens? Hundred then decreases in my bank account, but they don't realize that in the bank account of the Akhirah, does it decrease or increase? It increases. So always spend, Wallahi, and I always say this, a poor person, that he's struggling, and he gives, even if it's a five rand in the way of Allah, Wallahi, that five rand to him, and if he did it out of sincerity, he did it out of only for the sake of Allah, is worth that millions and millions of rand that that rich person is giving because he could have used that five rand to buy a loaf of bread can't even buy a loaf of five rand but I mean he could have used it for food for his family but yet he gave it in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we're going to touch on this a bit later as well sabru and sabr also is a light Right? That, because to have patience to have patience in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it takes a lot. Right? Let's face it, it's easy to do haram. Right? It's easy to put on the radio and listen to music. It's easy for, nowadays with all the social media to look at the wrong pictures or to chat to the opposite spouse. Right. These things, it's, right, we always say that Haram has become easy and Halal has become difficult. And the ulama, they always use the example where? With nikah. They say that we have made it such that we've made it easy to zina. Right? We made it easy to court. That's all right, they movies, when they're young. But daddy, I want to get married. No, we, you must first finish study bring come first and the guy come, let's see what's the bank balance here, oh no, no, sorry, sorry, you're gone. And like one of my teachers, he would always say, that he says that sometimes parents, they forget how they got married. Right? You know, those years, I mean, not that I'm old, but I mean those years, like our parents, you would hear, mm-hmm. how they got married was a physical, we didn't have so much money, but we got married. But when it come to, came to our generation, no, 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 they can't get married now. He must first finish study. he must first go work for 10 years, then only he can get married. Right? So we must try to go away from that mentality. What did the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say? That if someone comes to you and he has good akhlaq, he has good deen, and yes, obviously he can look after his wife. We're not saying, now nah, you must get, let them get married and gonna stay in the street. But I mean, if they can stay by their parents or they can stay by your house, or even if you let them get married and they're not going to stay together, for a few months and weekends they're going to be together, rather let them get married. Because what happens is that we create, not we're creating, we've created this vacuum already. We've created this society where, like I said, and I'm not shy to say it, that zina is easy. That courting is easy. But the, um, what's the name of marriage, right, it's hard. And wallahi subhanahu we live in a society where it's tough to be young. Right? All the haram that you see around you, if there's a good person and they, and obviously a parent needs to check. Right? Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that now you must just let them get married. No, but you need to check. Good akhlaq, good character. There's a plan, okay, they study, but he works weekends. There's a plan, how they're going to look after. The father's going to assist, the mother's going to assist, things like that. Obviously there needs to be a plan. But once there's a plan in and you can facilitate the marriage, let the youngsters get married. How do we land up with marriage? Right? Allah A'ala. <laughs> I don't know how we landed up by marriage, but anyways, Alhamdulillah. Right? Then the Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam, he says, Wal Quran لَكْ أُوْ That the book of Allah, the Qur'an, that uncreated speech of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, It's either going to be a hujjah. It is either going to be a proof for us or against us. And here, author, he says and he mentions that إِمَّا حُجَّةٌ لِلْإِنسَانِ إِذَا قَامَ بِمَا يَجِبُ عَلَيْهِ وَمَا هُوَ مَطْلُوبٌ مِنْهُ فِي الْقُرْآنِ مِنْهُ التَّصْدِيقُ الْأَخْبَارِ وَامْتِثَالِ الْأَوَامِرِ وَاجْتَنَابِ so basically what the author is saying is that you need to give the Quran its haq. It's right. Because if you give the Quran, it's right. In terms of its recitation. In terms of its understanding. When it tells you to command you to do something, you follow it. When it tells you that you're prohibited from doing something, to stay away from it. This is what is meant by giving the Quran its haq. And this is what it meant that the Quran can either be an hujja for you. It will either be for you or against you. And what does it mean? The Hujja to aw alayka, against you. That you don't follow the opposite. You don't recite the Quran. You don't act on the conditions of the Quran. You don't act on the meanings of the Quran. You don't ponder on the Quran. This is all going to be against us. Some people, when do they sit with the Qur'an? When? In Ramadan. And for the 11 months of the year? (laughs) Right? Then sometimes we forget. And subhanallah, there shouldn't be a day. And this message for myself first. There shouldn't be a day that you don't spend at least 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour, an hour, with the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This, and even if it means, right, maybe driving to work, you listening to the recitation of the Quran, come to work, five minutes, right, and you sitting in the car, maybe you early, just, right, Quran's on the phone now, you don't even need the Mus'haf, the physical Mus'haf, right, read a page, read two pages, start off slow, but you build up until you can read a Jew's a day. Build up until you can read two Ajahs a day, three Ajahs a day. Right? No one's saying that when you start, you must start with two, three Jews. You're going to burn out. But 5, 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And then, right, and the Prophet, with regards to the Quran, he says, Inna Allah, that indeed Allah Azza wa Jal. يَرْفَعُ بِهَذَا الْكِتَابِ أَقْوَامًا وَيَضَعُ بِهِ آخرين. And this is the reality. That this Qur'an, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He lifted up nations and He lifted up societies through this Qur'an. And He destroyed nations and He destroyed societies through the Qur'an as well. The Prophet he said, every person, he starts his day as a vendor. What is a, what is a vendor? A vendor is someone that, what does he do? Right? He sells, right? He's selling things. Whatever he's selling, but he's busy in. Business, he has products. So here he's saying that every person wakes up like a shopkeeper or someone that has a businessman. What happens? So he becomes a seller, a businessman of his own soul. He's either freeing his soul. And how does he free his soul? He frees his soul from doing good actions. obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And staying away from bad. Or what does he do? He can ruin his soul as well. And how does he ruin his soul? He ruins his soul by following in the footsteps of shaitan. So this is our first hadith that we looked at tonight. The next hadith. at had a bit of a lengthy hadith but Alhamdulillah. A very beautiful hadith. al Hadith rabiu wal The 24th hadith. عن أبي Al الغفار عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. فيما يرويه عن ربه أنه قال يا عبادي إني حرمت to على نفسي وجعلته بينكم say, فلا تظالموا يا عبادي كلكم ضال إلا من هديته فاستهدوني to يا عبادي كلكم جائع إلا من أطعمته فاستطعموني أطعمكم يا عبادي كلكم عار إلا من كسوته فاستكسوني أكسكم يا عبادي إنكم تخطئون بالليل والنهار وأنا أغفر الذنوب جميعا فاستغفروني أغفر لكم يا عبادي إنكم لن, تب لن تبلغوا دري فتدرني ولن تبلغ نفعي فتنفعوني يا عبادي لو أن أولكم وآخركم وإنسكم وجنكم كانوا على أتقاقا برجل واحد منكم ما زاد ذلك في ملك شيئا يا عبادي لو أن أولكم وآخركم وإنسكم وجنكم كانوا على جر قلب رجل واحد منكم ما نقص ما نقص ذلك من ملك شيئا يا عبادي لو أن أولكم وآخركم وإنسكم وجنكم قاموا في صعيد واحد فسألوني فأعطيت كل واحد مسألته ما نقص ذلك مما عندي إلا كما ينقص المهد يَنْكُسُ الْمِخْيَةُ إِذَا اُذْ خِلَال الْبَحْرِ يَا عِبَادِ إِنَّمَا هِيَ أَعْمَالُكُمْ أُحْسِيهَا لَكُمْ ثُمَّ أُوَفِّيكُمْ إِيَّاهَا فَمَنْ وَجَدَ خَيْرًا فَلْيَحْمَدِ اللَّهَ وَمَنْ وَجَدَ غَيْرَ ذَلِكَ فَلَا يَلُومَنَّ إِلَّا نَفْسَهُ رَوَاهُ مُسْلِمٌ عن Abu Dar الغفاري he reported that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam reported or said that his Lord said. I will explain this now. He said, O oh my slaves, I have forbidden dhulm oppression for myself, and I have made it forbidden amongst you, so do not oppress one another. He said, O oh my servants. All of you are astray except those whom I have guided. So seek guidance from me and I shall guide you. O my servants, all of you are hungry except those whom I have fed. So seek food from me and I shall feed you. O my servants, all of you are naked except those whom I have clothed. So seek clothing from me and I shall clothe you. O my servants, you commit sins by day and by night. And I forgive all sins, so seek forgiveness from me and I shall forgive you. O oh, my servants, you will not attain harm in me so as to harm me and you will not attain benefit benefit in me as to benefit me. O oh, my servants, if the first of you and the last of you and the humans of you and the jinn of you were all as pious as the most pious heart of any individual amongst you, then this would not increase my kingdom in an iota. O my servants, if the first of you and the last of you and the humans of you and the jinn of you were all as wicked as the most wicked heart of any individual amongst you, this would not decrease my kingdom an iota. O my servants, if, you, if the first of you and the last of you and the humans of you and the jinn of you were all to stand together in one place and ask me and I were to give everyone what he requested, then that would not decrease what I possess except what is decreased of the ocean when a needle is dipped into it. O oh, my servants, it is but your deeds that I account you for and then your recompense for you So, he who finds good, let him praise Allah. And he who finds other than that, let him blame none but himself. Rawahu Muslim. Right, so this hadith is known as what type of hadith? This hadith is known as a hadithul Qudsi. Why is this known as a hadithul Qudsi? Or what is a hadithul Qudsi? Hadith from Allah. In direct, communication direct communication. Okay, we're getting somewhere. So, other hadith is not from Allah. No, no, no. I'm um, just saying it's like. There is some. Um, like, when you want to have hadith of Jibreel, which one is that? Those are all normal hadith. This is like in conversation. Right? Okay, right. Once I explain it, I think you will get it. Right? But you're on the right track. In the sense of. A hadith could see the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says he says here in this one yarouhihi an rabbihi that he narrated from his Lord or sometimes he will say qala Allah taala yakun the Prophet will say qala Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam qala Allah the Prophet says that Allah says so that is perfect. yes. Right? Inspiration. We come into that. <laughs> right? So this is a Hadithul kutsi. So the first thing that will obviously come to mind is that there has to be a difference between Hadithul kutsi and Quran. Correct? Because we can't... I mean... Right? We have normal Ahadith which the Prophet Sallallahu says that we have Hadithul kutsi. Which now he knows is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's words. So let us look at some of the differences between Hadithul Qudsi and the Qur'an. And once I go through these differences, you'll see that you know many of them, you just didn't think about it. The first thing is that the Qur'an, yani, that the Quran was sent down bi wasitati Jibril that the Quran was sent to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi sallam with an intermediary known as Jibreel Alayhi Sallam, right? Jibreel would come and he would give ayah to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Whereas Hadithul Qudsi, right? It is possible that Jibreel could come to him, or it is possible that the Prophet would get, like you mentioned, ilham. Where it would just come in a form of a dream or it comes straight directly to him, that and then he would say that, Allah ta'ala yaqoor. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. The next point, that the Quran, yani, is mutawatir So, what does the word tawatur mean? You will find even in hadith books, they speak or they say this hadith is mutawatir. Right, but here now, we're looking at the Qur'an, that the, all of the Qur'an, from Surah Fatiha to Surah Tunas Nas, is Tawatur. It's been narrated to us, or it's come to us, that it's impossible that it could be a lie. Whereas Hadith al you get some Hadith al that that's sahih, authentic. You get some Hadith al that that's ta'if, that's weak. And you get some Hadith al that's fabricated. So, see the difference? Also, the Quran is bi tilawa, That worshipping with the recitation of the Quran is tilawah and you get reward from this. For every harf minimum of 10 rewards. Whereas the hadith you get reward for reading but there's nothing specific that says that for reading every letter of the hadith you're going to get 10 rewards or 20 rewards. See the difference? Then also, Quran you can read in Salah. Can you read hadith in Salah? I can say, قال Nabi in Salah. Right? So, salah will be parted. Then also the Quran is divided into suar, to different chapters. To ajaza, to different sections. Whereas the hadith ul you don't find that. You don't find the Hadith-ul-Qudsi, oh, there's 30, 30 Jews of Hadith-ul-Qudsi. Right? So this is just some of the differences of the hadith and the Qur'an. It's important that we know this as well. So here we find right, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the first part he speaks about that I've made it impermissible, I made it haram upon myself to be a zalim, to be, to have dhulm. And then he says, فَلَا تَظَالَمُ And you people as well do not make dhulm. So what is the definition of dhulm? وَدْعُ fi to put something in something else when it's not supposed to be in that so for example this flask in front of us what litre is that? sorry? one. say two litres, right? can I put four litres in there? How much liters is that going to take? It can only take 1.9 liters or 2 liters. Can't take 2.1 liters. It's going to overflow. 2.2, right? So, if I try to put 3 liters in there, I'm making dhulm on that flask. you understand? Because now I'm placing something in there that's not supposed to be placed in there. So this is what dhulm is. And what is the worst form of dhulm? Shirk. This is the worst because now you, something that was for Allah Azza wa jal, ibadah, you're giving it to something else. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? We know that Allah is the most just. But why does Allah say that I've made zulm haram for me? Why does he say this? Because, right, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says that He is just. We know this because He says to us in various places in the Quran, "Wa mallaahu yuridu lil ibad And Allah does not want oppression for His servants. Allah says in another verse, "Inna Allah la yadlimun nasa shay'a," that indeed Allah, Subhanahu wa Taala, does not oppress. Right? He is not unjust with, his, with people shay'ah in any way, but whatsoever. In another verse, Inna Allah la yadlimu mithqala That indeed Allah does not oppress. He is not unjust, mithqala zara, even with a particle. You can obviously explain that better to us. Right? But you know what I'm saying is that the smallest thing ever, Allah is, will not even oppress someone to the smallest, smallest thing that we as human beings can think of. Uh, then Allah says, يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ And whosoever does good deeds, right, وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ And he's a believer, فَلَا يَخَافُ ذُلْمًا he must not fear that he will be oppressed or be treated unjust. Wala hadma. That he would be cut short of his rewards. So here we can see different verses. Allah speaks that he will not oppress his slaves. So, what, what is meant here? So, the author he says. لَا يَخَافُ نقصا مِن حَسَنَاتِهِ وَلَا زِيَادَةً مِن سَيِّئَاتِهِ أَوْ سَيِّئَاتِ غَيْرِهِ That we as human beings, we must not fear. That we will be, that Allah will take away, or He will make naqs. He will maybe not give us our full reward. He promised you so much reward for Salah, that's what you're going to get. He's not going to decrease your reward. And he's not going to put on that, okay, maybe someone, you know, he does wrong things. So let me not just add 10 more other wrong things onto your scale. Allah will never do this. Or that you must take the burden of someone else. We'll never do so. This is meant what is he, by here yeah, when they say that he's made dhul wrong upon himself, he's made dhul haram upon himself, meaning that he's so just that don't even think that he's going to do anything wrong to us. That Allah is Al Adil, that is one of the names of Allah, that he is just. So, this is the part of dhulm. and. Right, you know, we as human beings, subhanallah, Right, it's easy for us to oppress people, right? I mean, sometimes, right, I'm just going to give you an example, right? um, Take when we were small, siblings, right, maybe we must share, right, a piece of kite, what do we do? A lot of the times maybe the older one he break a bit more for him, right? He say, No, it's fine. Man. Yes, it was done in jest, it was done as a joke, but that's done. Right? That's you oppressing someone. Oh, right? It's thinking back now. Yes, it was funny or whatever, but we used to do that. Oh, sometimes we must pour cool drink. Right? And we pour maybe a bit more for you and less for the sibling and that we used to do that. But now Allah, right? There's no example unto Allah Azza wa But know that Allah is just in everything that He's going to do with us. He's not going to punish a slave. One iota extra. But yet if He wanted to, He could because He is Allah. But this is not of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because to be an oppressor, to be a zalim, is what? Is a bad quality, Correct? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is good in everything that he does. And Allah knows best. Ya ibadi, O my slaves, kullukum dalun, that all of you, you are astray, except those that I have guided. Right? So here Allah is speaking about that we were all astray. So what does this mean? Right, so what this means is that we are all astray in the sense that we needed to go seek knowledge or to have ilm of something to know who Allah Azza wa is. is. Right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right, He created all of us on the Fitra, right, the fitrah of worshipping one Allah Azza wa jal. and as we will see later it was the parents that made them or made them Nasara, etc, etc we will see but in a moment and right, Islam it came to us to teach us to worship Allah Subhanahu Wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says Wallahu That indeed Allah has taken you out min From the stomachs of your mother shay'a, Whilst you knew nothing So this is now coming to the understanding of That Allah guided us right? What does Allah say In surah duha Wa wajadaka dalan and then, <laughs> right? So what is meant here? That we found you without having knowledge. And then we taught you the book and the hikma, the sunnah, and then you had knowledge. And this is to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa so to us as well. So it doesn't mean that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu billah was astray. And then we guided you, know, Dalan fahada. Meaning bima'ana, in knowledge, in ilm. Because Allah says, وَكَذَلِكَ أَوْحَيِّنَا إِلَيْكَ And that indeed we have inspired upon you ruham min amrina. We've given you, we've sent you, we've inspired you, Ruham, meaning Jibreel, meaning Amrina, that he came to you with our commands. Ma kunta tadiri. You did not know. Mal kitaba wa iman. You did not know what is in the books. We came and we inspired you. And we taught you that, you know, the same thing with us. So this is why Allah says that we were astray and we guided. But not in the sense that you were a disbeliever. In the sense that he taught us knowledge. He gave us right? And this comes in the hadith that we understand it better. كُلُّ مَوْلُودٍ يُولَدُ عَلَى فِطْرَةً That every newborn child was born upon the fitra. فَأَبَوَاهُ وَيُنَصِّرَانِهِ ويمجسانه. and it is his parents that either would introduce into christianity or judaism or a fire worshiper understand but now that every child was born upon the fitrah and then the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam allahu he says ya ibadi o my slaves that all of you were naked All of you were hungry. Afwan, this is the first one. Except that I fed you. Right? And then he says, So ask me for food. And you will be fed. So what does this mean? This shows us that who's our sustainer. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the next one he says, Ya Ibadi." O my slaves, that all of you are naked and I have clothed you, so ask me and I will clothe you. So these two things show us that Allah is ar-razaq, that Allah is the one that sustains, that Allah is the one that gives. So be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because He is the one that sustains us. And this also shows us that Allah is not in need of us, we are in need of. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Sometimes you find people They're they're proud And what do they do? They think they are not in need of Allah But then when Iudhu billah He lands up in an accident He gets some type of sickness His family has problems in his family They get divorced, they leave him His children ends up on drugs Whatever it might be. And what do they do now? Now they're looking for Allah Azza wa Jalla. See, when times were good, then what did they do? They didn't worry about Allah. So this is why we worry about Allah 24 hours a day, 24-7. Whatever we do is with Allah. Yes, we're going to fall, we're going to slip, we're going to sin. But we get up. We come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Things that today you're going to wake up. Maybe you're only going to read 10 minutes of Quran. You know, man fluctuates. But we come back to Allah. And that is the key. It is to come back to Allah. Because to know that Allah does not. <speaking in Hebrew> that He is not in need of us. But we are in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he says that. Ya ibadi, O my slaves, that all of you have sinned, whether it is in the night or whether it's in the day, and I am the one that forgives all sins. So seek my forgiveness, and indeed I will forgive you. Right. We all sin. What did the Prophet ﷺ say? Kullu bani Adam Khattaun khayru al at That all the children of Adam they are sinners, but the best of them is those who returns to Allah subhanahu wa taala in forgiveness. Right? So turn to Allah azza wa jalla. Then he says, Ya ibadi, O my slaves. He says that O my slaves, lan fata ni. وَلَنْ تَبْلُغُوا نَفْعِي فَتَنْفَعُوا He says that, O oh my slaves, you will not attain harm in me, so as to harm me. Right? Meaning, that whatever you do, you're not going to be able to harm Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, whatever you going to try, To attain is not going to benefit Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, Allah, right, again, just trying to prove to us that Allah is not in need of us. And Allah says, Wala yahzun kaladina yusari'oona fil kufr. Right? Innahum la ya shay'a. وَلَا يَحْزُنْ كَالَّذِينَ يُسَارِعُونَ فِي الْكُفْرِ That your listening will not make you grieve. Right? Or, afwal. وَلَا يَحْزُنْ كَالَّذِينَ يُسَارِعُونَ فِي الْكُفْرِ That your listening in kufr, Right? It's not going to? عَمْ Right? Oh, it's not going to affect Allah. Inna hum la yadurullah shay'a. That indeed them or none of them la yadurullah shay'a. They harm Allah in any way. Wamiyan qalib ala aqbihi fa la yadurullah yadurullah shay'a. That even if you were to turn back on your heels, right? It doesn't harm Allah in any way. If you don't want to follow Islam, if you don't want to be Muslim, this doesn't affect Allah. It affects you. And then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He says, "Ya Ibadi, O my slaves, if all of you, from the first and the last, from all the humans and the jinn, right? If all of you, from the first and the last, the humans and the jinn, were well, all pious people, right? Everyone." From the first person to walk on the earth till the last, they only worshiped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They only asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were just the best human beings in terms of worship. What happens to them? That not even them, right? It does not affect Allah Azza wa Jal. It does not de- decrease Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any way. And the opposite again, or the next one. If all of you, from the first person to walk on the face of the earth till the last person, from all the human beings, from all the jinn, were to ask Allah or were to do anything bad, it will not affect Allah in any way. And again, all the people from the first to walk on the earth to the last, to all the human beings, to all the jinn, if they were to ask Allah, we were all to stand on planes. And we all ask Allah whatever we want. Allah will give us. And nothing will decrease from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's kingdom. Like if you go to the ocean and you take a pin and you dip it in the ocean, what happens when you lift it up? That's not exactly right. right. So nothing will diminish from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And even that example is not be fit into Allah right? But just to show us that Allah does not need us. We are in need of Allah. And how does man still walk on this face of the earth with pride? How does man still not believe that there is an Allah? But that also comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. And then he ends off the hadith or the hadith is off and he says that O my servants... It is but your deeds that I account for, you for, and that I will recompense you for. So he who finds good, let him praise Allah. Right? You find good, thank Allah. And he who finds other than that, does wrong, etc. Let him blame but himself for that. And this hadith is found in the Sahih of Muslim. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide and protect us we ask Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our shortcomings subhanaka allahumma ashadu wa bihamdik ashhadu an la ilaha illa astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk